does actually sound a little unfortunate. I'm, I know. I know. It's not a really good way to, like, have to live your life. I know. It's not. I don't know about it. <laughs> I'm not married to the idea. Oh, oh nice. That was almost but, um, a relationship sh- pun. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, hey, guys. And uh, Andrea was talking about her fear of the week. Yes. Um, I'm afraid it might be time to start dating while I'm still young. <laughs> well, I mean, people date when they're, like, 79. I know. Like, you're not going to run out of time. But it's not going to feel as fun if our dates are getting together and knitting and then falling asleep that would... at 5 in the afternoon. Okay, but that's, like, already what you do on your dates, I know. Andrea. <laughs> I know. Minus the knitting. Yeah, it's more like Netflix and then you fall asleep yeah. at 5 a.m., like, yeah. 5 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean. That's a normal date, is it not? It actually is. Every time I talk to people about their dates and, like, I'm I'm kind of more of a party guy and I'm just like, can we go out? Let's go dance. I want to dance. And none of my friends like dancing, so they're like, well, how about instead we go play pool, which which I know you hate. Oh, and I like pool. I know, everyone likes pool. And I'm like, why are we playing pool when there is a retro 90s danceable track being played right now? Oh, yeah. Well, like, that is, uh, I like to dance to that music. Yeah. I like dancing. I We've like gone out it. dancing. We have. You are the only one who will actually dance. And it's nice. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's totally fine. I don't know. I've had friends who've, like, made the, the ultimate sacrifice and danced with me. So that was nice. That, I felt nice. That's nice. Yeah. But dating. Everyone is boring. They're like, how about instead for our date, we stay at home and we lay down. Yeah. We can have a nap. Naps are included. And these are millennials. I'm a millennial. I'm dating other young people. Like, oh, Okay. Well, I've never actually had a nap. For a date. Okay, I think I, I know some very introverted people, I think. That's more introverted than me. Oh, yes. Yes, no. I'm always attracted to the people who are, like, opposite to me. So okay. they're, like... I'm not sure that nice having a nap t- together is introverted. It is, because before that, they want to, like, just kind of, like, chill and watch, like, videos of things that they've watched before that are though. safe. Like, shouldn't a date be, like... Kind going of more exciting. to a movie or dinner at least, like dinner, an happens. outing of some sort. A lot of, a lot of, I've had a lot of dates with people who wanted to go for dinner, but then they're like really tired after. Oh, these are very, very sweet little introverts as well. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, being out for a while exhausts them, and it does to me too. Except that, like, yeah, for a date, I'm, I'm more into the exciting. Like, I want to party. I get fucked up. Confess my secrets to them while we like dance badly. Like, hey, that was fun. my dating life all through my twenties. Yeah, you see, so that's maybe my thing and with the twenties, early thirties. Yeah, I well, I'm not letting go of it when I'm like in my thirties either. Like, fuck no. that. I didn't. I just don't know if I want to date now because then it might lead to like living together. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really like living alone. You're like that's a slippery slope. To it's marriage. a slippery slope. <laughs> it's the to gateway commitment. drug. Yeah. It is. It's how it all starts. Don't like that. No dating. Not even once. No. Where's your child right now? I don't right want it now? to lead to something serious. Are they on a date? You don't know. They could be in Reno getting married. They could. Like, That's dangerous too. Yeah. So that was, that was our PSA video. That's why I never video. ever went to Vegas. Because <laughs> I would for sure, for sure, get fucked up, yep. find a guy, tell him I love him, and marry him. I would have, too, probably, like, five different people. It would have been <sighs> very illegal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, actually, that would be me, too, probably, each different night. I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to get drunk again. I already have two husbands. Yeah. <laughs> and then, inevitably, inevitably, no, you're husbands. like, but those margaritas are on sale, so too many what husbands. am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. Nobody needs that many husbands. So you're, like, your fear is basically, like, having to go back on the dating scene. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah. afraid that that will lead to companionship. Which is exactly why <laughs> you said that you wanted to start again. I mean, it's I not like it's time. That's you the don't thing, have like, to. I don't know. You don't have to do this, Andrew. Yeah, I might have to just consider it for a bit longer. All I, right, what is I mean, your that's fear? the thing. That's the thing. Just, just list yourself as casual. Okay. Just list yourself as being into casual relationships. All right. Um, my fear is, oh, geez. This always happens. Um... I'm trying to think of one because I have many and they're poignant. Oh, slipping, slipping on my taper. Oh my God. Oh. Terrified. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've struggled with, like, that. Yeah, Yeah, like, I've struggled with, like, alcoholism for people listening who are, like, same as they hold their, like, 40. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I understand you. You're on Um, a beer taper. Yeah, I've been on a taper to, like, quit because, like, you can't really taper with hard stuff or with wine or whatever. It doesn't work. You have to use, like, normal cans of beer. So I've drank so much beer in my lifetime, and that's terrifying in and of itself. It tastes like shit, and we all know it. Don't yeah, lie. So Don't carby. lie. It is. It's like drinking bread loaves, except the bread's not even good. And it's got bubbles in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. I don't want my bread to be bubbly and bad tasting, but this is just how I live. So, like, yeah, I'm always worried on, like, slipping up and the numbers going up and down, because I just want to get them to a stable number where I can just be like, okay, this for sure, I feel comfortable at this, so that I can go down and down and down until I'm, like, comfortable at, like, one and then zero. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, that's the goal. And you got down to two. I did. And then... Yeah, and then um, a psychiatrist abused me really bad, and that was great. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to that psychiatrist. You ruined my life. I have to say one more thing. Mm -hmm. I have considered, with this whole dating thing, Mm -hmm. like, it's not the relationship that I'm afraid of or that commitment. And I was like, I wonder if I could find a guy who'd be willing to, like, even go as far as marriage and not live together. You know what? I mean, with dating sites, right, mm-hmm. you can specify all that. And I bet there are, like, several guys out there who are like, oh, thank God, finally I really the like woman my own for me. Space. Like, yeah. like, what we could do is buy apartments in the same building. Yeah, like, you could even be, like, next, like, like look, yeah, Yeah, exactly. even next door neighbors, but just, like. Right? Yeah. Just, like, so you can pop over and spend space. time. Yeah. Or even just someone, I mean, like, that's the thing that I find with my boyfriend that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um. We want to live together, obviously, and get married and stuff, but, like, when I'm hanging out with him, it doesn't have to be, like, this constant paying attention to you, paying attention to yeah, you, paying attention to you. Yeah, and doing stuff thing. together, together. Yeah, not at you all. You can just be in the same house, house And that's, I've had relationships yeah. like that, where I lived with a guy, and, like, obviously, he would go into the living room and watch TV, and I'd watch TV on my laptop in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was fine. fine. But I actually just want to live alone, so. Like, you want your own I house. want to take that to the next step. Where we aren't in the same house. <laughs> yeah. In that case, your best bet probably is the apartment thing. There are probably, like, so many guys out there that you could find, like, via dating sites who are like, that's what I want. Yeah. It's been really hard to find a girl who wants to, who like accepts that well. Like, who just, like, are living alone and really like living alone. Yeah. So they're like, you know, I, I want a relationship, but I still want to live alone. Yeah. And we could spend time at each other's apartments because we would just live r- down the hall from each other or something. Like, yeah. Great. That would be an like awesome next door or something. And then yeah. I'd be like, I'm leaving, going home. Bye. Yeah. And then, like, or sometimes so you nice. could decide to spend time at the same apartment if you wanted that. Yeah. But, like, like you we could have, have your sleepovers own space. and stuff. Yeah. I'm not opposed to having overnights. Yeah. Or I just don't want to be stuck just in the same house with someone. Like, all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it depends. Like, if you could afford, like, a giant house, that'd be fine, because then it'd be like that. One kind wing of. is yours, and the other is his, but, like, yeah. I know I that you just like want like, an actual lock space. between us. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. Okay. I know. I mean... Because I'm introverted, and I need to go home and be by myself. And, with like, my recharge with your yeah. cats. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's fair, and they're probably... Like I said, there's probably like tons of guys out there who are like, oh my gosh, finally a woman who wants this. Because yeah. he's probably like afraid of putting it on his dating profile. Because, because when a guy weird. says it, it sounds yeah. like he's a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, or it sounds like... <laughs> he hates commitment. He hates commitment and is going to be like having other girls over. Exactly. Um, with this like whole living apart thing. <laughs> yeah, like it does sound suspicious when it a guy does. says it on a dating profile. But when a girl says it on her dating profile... It can come across similar, but, like, since you're explaining why, yeah, it's not it's not going to be as weird coming from you. From a guy, it's going to sound like excuses. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, so there are married couples, and they are stuck with each other. Like, yeah. you come home, and there is another person living there, like, and every day. And you don't have somewhere else to go because you only have that one home. Okay. With this, you would have the option of not yeah. being together every single night. Well, and the whole I just like it. the whole okay. like living together for absolute sure thing is like usually for couples with kids, right? Yeah. Where yes, you both have to be there for them. Yeah. <laughs> if you both made them Although and are if together, your apartments are 
next door. Then at least, like, they can go away from you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then you can have a break from your kids, even. The kids would be, like, staying at one person's all the time, though I guarantee they'd, like, have a favorite. And then you'd just be like, this kind of sucks, because the kids chose me. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, God. You know, your dad is so much fun. I would just buy him a PlayStation and, like, a yeah. bunch of game consoles. Put a ball pit in his living room. Be yeah. like, <laughs> I just thought this would look nice here, honey. Your <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I don't plan on having any more kids. So this whole, this complication is not a problem. Yeah, that's good. Oh, um, before, you know, we fucking forget because we suck. Um, our <laughs> patrons, uh, we received a request to say some loving things. So to Justin. So to Justin. So to Justin, yeah. I will say, um, I know you've been experiencing some anxiety lately, but I know you can get through it, and we care about you. Yes, that was from Andrea, and for me, the sentence was, and I do actually believe this, Justin, just so you know, uh, yeah, man, you definitely got this. It's going to get better, and yeah, we care about you. You'll make it through. All right, so that's for Justin. Yeah. And genuinely, Justin, like, I, yeah. I do believe it. It's like, genuine, we've both. Even though it's scripted. Even though, <laughs> well, because you send in sentences and ask us to, like, say, say the exact things. ones. But if you but want us to just say, like, if, if you, you guys want to request, just, like, can you shout out something inspirational to my friend? We can just. Yeah, we'll just wing tell it. it. We yeah. can just say something from, you know, our actual. Yeah. Heart. This is getting mushy. Is I mean, but it's true, and I actually like we both understand anxiety. So like, yeah, with this request, I was just kind of like, yeah, no, of course we can, yeah, yeah, because we get that. So yeah. All right. Um, Should we start our show? <laughs> uh, I guess we can now that we've like talked about the perils of living with a person for like twenty minutes. <laughs> um. So. Hopefully that's not what Justin's anxiety was about. Sorry, Justin. He's like, oh <laughs> he's my like, god, you made it worse. He's like sobbing right now. Just <laughs> kidding. But yeah, no. So I have a very famous case. We Our theme was New Year's, like horrible things or deaths that occurred on December 31st, so New Year's Eve. But that's actually hard to find because usually it's people who are complaining about oh, yeah. having like had a bad Google party. It, yeah, like it's not rare that something bad happened on New Year's, but... It's not reported When you much. Google it, you have to word it the right way. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, people – otherwise, it's mainly, like, BuzzFeed articles from people on Reddit who are like, my girlfriend broke up with me that day. Yeah. I'm just like, well, that's not good for my horror podcast. <laughs> but you – sorry to hear that. <laughs> but, yeah, so my case is a depressing and famous one. I got to warn for this one because, uh, you know, death, usual things, but also for transphobia, misgendering, and sexual assault. So uh, tune out for a little bit and then come back at Andrea's point. So it'll probably be like 15 minutes. All right. So many of you have heard of this one. This is about Brandon Tina. So brief summary, uh, Brandon Tina was born December 12th, 1972, and was brutally murdered December 31st, New Year's Eve in 1993. He was an American trans man who was raped and later, along with Philip Devine and Lisa Lambert, murdered in Humboldt, Nebraska. His life and death were the subject of the Academy Award-winning 1999 film Boys Don't Cry, which was partially based on the 1998 documentary film The Brandon Tina Story. And, um, both of them are pretty misgendery. I know a lot of our listeners are trans, so I'm not sure how you guys will feel about that, but, like, check it out if you're interested. Uh, both films also illustrated that legal and medical discrimination contributed to Brandon's violent death, which it absolutely did. Right. Yeah, that was the whole reason he was <laughs> yeah. murdered, was for being trans. So, yeah. yes, it contributed. <laughs> Brandon's murder, along with that of Matthew Shepard, led to increased lobbying for hate crime laws in the United States, so they don't seem to be following up on those laws particularly well these days. So... Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's just ignorance. Step up, guys. <laughs> yeah. Who's Matthew Shepard? Um, I believe that was one of Brandon's friends, actually. Um, a couple of his friends, I'm not sure exactly. I believe Matthew Shepard was a disabled person who was also black. Oh, so okay. they, you know, and was hanging out with Brandon. I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me. This could be someone completely unrelated. Yeah. But I know that Brandon Tina did have a disabled friend who is a person of color who was harmed. Yeah. So, Brandon's background. 
So Brandon Tina was born in Lincoln, Nebraska, which I imagine is not an exceptionally great place to be transgender. Apparently, his family was very patriarchal, typical of the time, and quite conservative. However, Brandon's father died in an alcohol-related car accident in Lancaster County eight months before Brandon was actually born. So, like, the wife was pregnant, and, yeah, dad died in an accident before he was born. Yeah. Yep. And so he was raised by his mother, Joanne. Joanne named him her second child after their German shepherd dog, who was named Tina Marie. That's nice. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cute, but I mean, if, if you had another kid, would you name them Muffin? I, I would or recommend sugar? you not doing that. I mean, I guess this dog Sugar's had a person's bad. name, though, so yeah. it's fine. Sugar would, it's a stripper name. Sugar. It is. Yeah. Yeah, don't name your kid Sugar. No. Brandon and his older sister Tammy lived with their maternal grandmother in Lincoln before they were reclaimed by their mother when Brandon was three years old and Tammy was six. Uh, The family lived in the Pine Acre Mobile Home Park in Northeast Lincoln. Joanne received disability checks and worked as a clerk in a women's retail store in Lincoln to support the family, which I also can't imagine this was a great time or place to be a single mother. No. In the 70s? No. In Nebraska in, the, in like the 70s and 80s? Nope. Um, probably, <laughs> probably not. As young children, Brandon and Tammy were sexually abused by their uncle for several years, and Brandon sought counseling for this in 1991. Joanne remarried once from 1975 to 1980. Brandon's family described him as being a quote-unquote tomboy since early childhood, Brandon began uh, began identifying as male during adolescence and dated a female student during this period of time. His mother rejected his male identity and continued referring to him as her quote-unquote daughter. On several occasions, Tina claimed to be intersex, which is an interesting, like, note. Because, I mean, a lot of people don't actually know much about these terms, so the term intersex refers to people who are, like, born with characteristics that, like, they're born with the characteristics of, like, both genders, Mm -hmm. like you know, both as people understand them. And transgender is usually people who are just assigned one thing at birth with no, like, nothing physically different, but uh, their identity doesn't match the assigned sex. Yeah, so now people know the difference there. And he claimed to be, so I, I mean, and some aren't visible at birth, so that could have been the case, right? So depending on the category of intersex that he claimed to be, that could have been a true statement on his part. Either way, He was definitely trans. Mm -hmm. So Brandon and his sister attended St. Mary's Elementary School and Pius X High School in Lincoln. What a name for a school. Pius X High School? What the fuck? I'm wondering if this... Is it Pius 10 High School? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like a type of car or also a scary (laughs) movie about priests. it sounds like Yeah. I know. It's like one of the two where I'm like afraid. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a great name but yeah so brandon uh where he was remembered uh by some as being socially awkward during his second year brandon rejected christianity after he protested to a priest at pius x regarding christian views on abstinence and homosexuality he also began to rebel at school by violating the school dress code policy to dress more masculinely um during the first semester of his senior year A U.S. Army recruiter visited the high school, encouraging students to enlist in the armed forces, and I hate that schools still do this. It happened at my high school. Really? Yeah, like the Army comes and they're like, hey guys, Army is really, really cool, and you know what? We don't even look at your grades. Actually, that might have happened at mine too. It still (laughs) happens today. Yeah. Yeah, like it still happens. It's more common in the United States, but it happens here as well. Um, but Brandon enlisted in the United States Army shortly after his 18th birthday and hoped to serve a tour of duty in Operation Desert Shield. However, he was rejected based on the written entrance exam where he listed his sex as male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that why they rejected? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, like, he didn't pass the written exam <laughs> because he listed his sex as male. I don't know what his actual score on the test was, you know, the part that would have been relevant. But, yeah. But, you know, yeah, that's why. In December 1990, Brandon went to Holiday Skate Park with his friends. He bound his breasts to look more like a cisgender boy, went on a date with a girl, met that girl's friend, Heather, and then began regularly dressing more openly, oh, like, uh, more openly masculine uh, ever since. And in the months nearing his high school graduation, Brandon became unusually outgoing and was remembered by his classmates as a class clown. All right, so he's opening up and getting more out. 
extroverted. Yeah, probably because he was dressing more like himself and yeah. had a girlfriend who Felt saw him more like himself. himself. And yeah. so, yeah, it makes sense. Um, he also began skipping school, though, <laughs> and receiving <laughs> failing grades as a result and was expelled from Pius X High School in June 1991, three days before high school graduation. Fuck. Yeah. You couldn't have waited three days, Brandon? Three days. (laughs) (laughs) So in the summer of 1991, he began his first major relationship with Heather, who is, you know, the friend of the girl he dated around the skate park visit. Shortly after this, Brandon was first employed as a gas station attendant in an attempt to purchase a trailer home for himself and his girlfriend. And his mother, however, did not approve of the relationship, as you can imagine, and convinced her uh, her older daughter, I'm assuming this was Tammy, to follow Brandon in order to find out whether his relationship with Heather was platonic or sexual. Oh, okay. But I mean, obviously it was romantic. Yeah. That's why she didn't approve. <laughs> like, otherwise, it'd be fine. Otherwise, there'd be nothing to disapprove of. Yeah. For a conservative Nebraskan citizen. Um <laughs> In January 1992, Brandon underwent a psychiatric evaluation, which concluded that he was suffering from a severe, quote, sexual identity crisis. Oh, the 90s. He was later taken to the Lancaster County Crisis Center to ensure that he was not suicidal, and he was released from the center three days later and began attending therapy sessions, sometimes accompanied by his mother or sister. He was reluctant to discuss his sexuality during these sessions, but eventually revealed that he had been raped. Uh, the counseling sessions ended two weeks later. Why? I'm, I don't know, right? When someone tells you they've been raped, you kind of want to keep counseling them. Yeah. That's kind of a thing to definitely counsel someone for. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even sure. Like, I don't think that any of the sexual abuse really, like, had anything to do with his identity, but it's still something that was probably, like, fucking up his life a lot. Yeah. I could see why you'd skip school and other things. Yeah. So, yeah, things get bad. No way. Really bad. No way. In 1993. Not on this podcast, they don't. (laughs) Get that bad out of here, says Andrea. (laughs) You put that right back where you found it. Yeah, not here. I just open up Google and slip my papers back in. (laughs) Like, okay, so... In 1993, after some legal trouble, Brandon moved to the Falls City region of Richardson County, Nebraska, where he identified uh, solely as a man, so everyone who knew him just knew him as a guy. Yeah. He became friends with several local residents. After moving into the home of Lisa Lambert, Tina began dating Lambert's friend, an 18, though some sources say 19-year-old woman named Lana Tisdell, and began associating with ex-convicts John L. Lauder, (laughs) who was born May uh, 31st, 1971, and Marvin Thomas, nicknamed Tom Nissen, born October 22nd, 1971. So these guys, Tom and uh, John, mm-hmm. were, yeah, they were ex-convicts. Yeah, and they were about the same age. Yeah, they were all about, they were all around the same age, yeah. Okay. On December 19th, 1993, Brandon was arrested for forging checks. Lana Tisdell paid his bail with money obtained from her father and because Brandon was placed in the female section of the jail, Tisdale learned that he was transgender. Oh. Yeah. Obviously, things hadn't gone very... Yeah. I don't know. That didn't go very well. Like, when Tisdale later questioned Brandon about his gender, he told her he was a, uh, quote, hermaphrodite, pursuing a sex change operation. It's not quite usually how that goes, but you know. I don't think anyone knew what words to use. Yeah. Um, and then con- And they continued dating, according to him. Um, In a lawsuit regarding the film adaptation, Boys Don't Cry, this was denied by Tisdell, who claimed she didn't keep dating Brandon after he told her this, but who knows. Brandon's arrest was also posted in the local paper under his birth name, which essentially signed his death warrant, and so his current acquaintances learned that he was assigned female at birth. Oh, great. Yeah, the current acquaintances, the two uh, convicts. Convicts, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Just who you want to know of these something personal about you. <laughs> so, the murders and assaults. During a Christmas Eve party, Tom Neeson and John Lauder grabbed Brandon and forced him to remove his pants, proving to Lana Tisdale that he had a vagina. Tisdale looked only when forced to and said nothing. Lauder and Neeson later assaulted beat half to death Brandon and forced him into a car. They drove to an area by a meatpacking plant in Richardson County where they further assaulted him and then gang raped him. Oh my god. Yep. 
Then they returned to Tom Neeson's home where Brandon was ordered to take a shower. Brandon, you know, probably because they didn't want a rape kit to like show up. Yeah. Yep. So Brandon escaped from Nissan's bathroom by climbing out the window and went to Lana Tisdell's house. He was convinced by Tisdell to file a police report, though Nissan and Lauder had warned Brandon not to tell the police about the gang rape or they would, quote, silence him permanently. Why is that the go-to for some of these people? Like, this isn't how it should be. I'm going to have sex with it. Well, that is totally the go-to. Like, and trans women, you know, people who were assigned male at birth and transitioned to female, yeah. uh, regardless of whether they have a penis or not at the time, are always, like, typically when someone finds out and doesn't like it, they get raped too. It's both. Like, yeah, like people will rape either one. reaction. Yeah, no, they, they raped this guy because he had a vagina, and I guess that's just how they wanted to treat people with the vaginas. <laughs> I know, it is a strange reaction, right? Because you think that these things are based on disgust, but they're based on a lot of things, like disgust, confusion, anger, uh, insecurity. Yeah. So it's a lot of things, and wanting to have power over someone that they know they can abuse. Yeah. Yeah. So Brandon also went to the emergency room where a standard rape kit was assembled, but later uh, lost. Right. Sheriff Charles B. Lowe questioned Brandon about the rape, and reportedly he seemed especially interested in Brandon's quote-unquote transsexuality, to the point that Brandon found his questions rude and unnecessary and refused to answer. Yeah. Which would be fair. Because they don't have anything to do with what happened. No, they don't, and also it's like, this person was just sexually violated, and you're gonna get them to tell you all about their genitals like wow okay (sighs) Neeson and Lauder learned of the report and they began to search for Brandon they didn't find him then and three days later the police questioned them the sheriff declined to have them arrested due to lack of evidence however yup and many have attested that the supposed lack of evidence was basically attributed to the sheriff thinking that Brandon deserved the rape because he was messed up somehow and quote lying about his gender Right, that's the sheriff thought the he deserved appropriate it. punishment. Yeah, like for you know what? Lying. Yes. Well, and that's <laughs> the thing. Like he wasn't lying, and like he could, he did tell Lana who he was dating about yeah. you know his body. Yeah. And it's like it was no one else's business. Plus, also, it, the rape happened. That's rape illegal. Yeah. Rape bad. Yeah. You sheriff. Lying isn't illegal. No. <laughs> like even if he had been lying. Yeah. Even if he's like not- straight up. Punishment fitting the crime. Yeah, well, you deserve to be raped because you said you were a man, but you have genitals that I don't approve of. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it's ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, so the murders, and also, you know, it's the sheriff's fault that this happened to him. Like, if he'd arrested them for the rape, they wouldn't have killed him. Right. Yeah, they would have been put away. They wouldn't have been able to get to him. So, the murders... Around 1 a.m. on December 31st, 1993, Tom Neeson and John Lauder drove to Lisa Lambert's house and broke in. Lisa was the original friend of Lana, who was the girl Brandon had been dating, the girl he originally moved in with, right? Okay. Uh, Yeah, so he'd been dating Lana, Lisa was the friend. They found Lambert in bed and demanded to know where Brandon was. Lambert, to her credit, refused to tell them. Neeson searched and found Brandon under the bed. The men asked Lambert if there was anyone else in the house, and she replied that Philip Devine, who at the time was dating Lana Tisdale's sister, was staying with her. Neeson and Lauder then shot and killed Devine, Lambert, Mm. and Brandon, all in front of Lambert's toddler. Oh my god. Yep. Neeson later testified in court that he noticed that Brandon was twitching and asked Lauder for a knife, with which Neeson then stabbed Brandon in the chest to ensure that he was dead. Neeson and Lauder then left and were later arrested for and charged with murder. Finally, charged with something. Brandon is buried in <laughs> so Lincoln. Annoying. Right? Like, this could have been so easily prevented if the sheriff had just done his fucking job and arrested them for rape, which is illegal. You can't count on law enforcement to do their job, though. No, especially Sometimes you not. gotta go vigilante. Yeah, honestly. And, like, <laughs> I'm thinking so. Yeah, because you don't know about their own, like, prejudices and biases and, like, if they're going to give a shit. Because they, I mean, they don't even care when cisgender women are raped. Yeah. You know, let alone someone that they don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brandon is buried in Lincoln Memorial Cemetery in Lincoln, Nebraska. His headstone inscribed with his birth name and an epitaph that misgenders him about three times. So, there's that. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's, like... 
Tina, whatever, um, daughter, sister, friend, it's, it's really bad. It's not good. Um, Nissen, of course, accused Lauder of committing the murders, and in exchange for a reduced sentence, Nissen admitted to being, like, an accessory to the rape and murder. But he's the one who murdered. Well, and they both gang-raped. Yeah, like, but, like, can't... he's the one who actually did, so how did they flip that on... They tried you know. to flip it on each other. They, yeah. they probably just, like, lied and tried to say, no, it was the other guy. He testified against Lauder and was sentenced to life in prison. Good. Lauder denied the insistence of Neeson's testimony, and his own testimony was discredited. The jury found Lauder guilty of murder, and he received the death penalty. Lauder and Neeson both appealed their convictions. In September 2007, Neeson uh, recanted his testimony against Lauder. He claimed that he was the only one to shoot Brandon, that Lauder had not committed the murders, but, you know, Lauder was sentenced to death already, so. Was he already dead? Yeah, a little late in 2007, I think. I'm not sure, actually. Let's see. Yeah, so he had recanted his testimony against Lauder. He claimed that he was the only one to shoot Brandon and that Lauder had not committed the murders, but in 2009, Lauder's appeal, using Nissen's new testimony to assert a claim of innocence, was rejected by the Nebraska Supreme Court. Oh, okay, so, so he, he is was alive. still alive. Yeah, yeah, which which held that since even under Nissen's revised testimony, both Lauder and Nissen were involved in the murder, the specific identity of the shooter was legally irrelevant. <sighs> That's true. I I, I they mean, they both, both wanted punished, to murder. Yeah. yeah, like, they both came there with the intent to kill, so. Yeah. After trying to repeal his sentence several times on January 22nd, 2018, Lauder was denied a third appeal by the U.S. Supreme Court, so, good. Because when is he gonna be put to death? <laughs> I, I'm not sure if they, like, yeah, I know, I mean, right? They, they do take a long time to do that, so they being do. sentenced to death doesn't really mean anything except that you will eventually be killed killed. yeah there's no point and the thing about i don't know if people are grandfathered in under the death penalty right because i don't know if the law in nebraska has changed or not for that right it might have since in 2018 so because brandon had neither commenced hormone replacement therapy nor had gender confirmation surgery he has oftentimes been wrongly identified as a lesbian by media reporters many of which have actually come forward and plainly stated that they were wrong and regret their previous articles. Um, there wasn't as much info about trans people in the 90s and yeah. early 2000s, right? So yeah. it makes sense that they made the mistake. A lot of people didn't know the difference. Like, I didn't yeah. when I was, like, in junior high. Yeah. I didn't know the difference between, like, a transgender, um, intersex. Like, gay, all those terms. Lesbian. I never really just looked into it. I mean, yeah. I, knew, I knew the terms gay and lesbian. I think everybody knew those, but... Yeah, but we weren't, like, sure of the difference between a gay person and a trans woman. Yeah. Yeah, like, I get that. And then there are cross-dressers. Yeah, and then there are people who just do drag. Yeah. And their their identities usually are just whatever they are, like, like assigned at birth. Yeah. But they just like yeah, to do like drag. Yeah, like people who just like to dress in the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Kind of clothing. Yeah, and people don't don't know the difference between them and trans people either. Intersex people, people still don't know what the fuck they are. So, like, mm-hmm. like I never hear any th- info about that one. So, yeah. A lot of people reported, though, that Brandon had, like, straight up stated that he planned to have gender confirmation surgery, so yeah. not a lesbian. Most lesbians are fine with being girls, <laughs> yeah. actually. They're they're into girls. They're down with that. Yeah. Um, Joanne Brandon, his mother, ended up suing Richardson County and Sheriff Lowe for failing to prevent Brandon's death, as well yeah. as being an indirect cause. Yeah, thank goodness, right? She won the case, which was heard in September 1999 in Falls City and was awarded 80K. Okay. District Court Judge Orville Cody reduced the amount by 85%. Oh yeah, based on the responsibility of Nissen and Lauder, and by 1% for Brandon's alleged contributory negligence. What? Yikes, Cody. Yeah, like... Contributory negligence? Yeah. Means that he's, like, Blaming. 1% responsible for his own death? Yeah, or the mother is or something. Like, no, I think, I think he was referring, yeah, to Brandon. So... One percent response. Yes. Okay. Oh my uh-huh. god. Yeah. No. So Orville Cody's piece of shit. But I mean, his name is Orville. Yeah. He's probably like five hundred years old. <laughs> so of course he's garbage. So Lowe was also criticized after the murder for his attitude toward Brandon. At one point, Lowe referred to Brandon as quote it. 
Um, Classy. Oh, like called him like an, an it. an it. Oh, yeah. my God. Classy, okay. yep. After the case was over, Lowe served as commissioner of Richardson County and later as part of his community's council before retiring as a school bus driver. He has refused to this day to speak about his actions in the case and swore at one reporter who contacted him for a story on the murder's, like, 20th anniversary. Why does he get to, like... Live his fucking life? Well, and, like, get, like, promotions and then retire and... Yeah. Like, and then he gets mad when people ask him about this. He fucked up. That is not karma... Car- car- Cosmic justice. It's not karma-y enough. For karma-y me. enough. Yeah, I know. I don't... Yeah. Karmic enough yeah i think it is karmic i know (laughs) so in 2013 joanne told a reporter that she accepted brandon being referred to as transgender in the media although like she misgenders him a whole bunch at least she's trying yeah like it's she's one thing if it accidentally slips out because it's what you're used to well referring to a person she does it kind of on purpose but also like kind of understands that this actually wasn't her daughter he was her son yeah but like I think she just, yeah, you know, she loved her child in any case. Yeah. And she's trying. She probably just doesn't really know much about it. Yeah. Um, Although she was unhappy with the way the film Boys Don't Cry portrayed the situation, she said about the film, quote, It gave them, gay and transgender advocates, a platform to voice their opinions, and I'm glad of that. There were a lot of people who didn't understand what it was she, Brandon, was going through. We've come a long way. So... Yeah. Yeah, she still misgenders him a lot. It's yeah. Like, yeah, she's trying. When asked how the murder affects her life today, Joanne replied, quote, I wonder about how my life would be different if she was still here with me. She'd be such a joy to have around. She was always such a happy kid. I imagine her being a happy adult. And if being happy meant Tina living as a man, I would be fine with that. So I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Now the second step is to stop she her. Calling her she. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Stop calling him that. Yep. So in 2018, but also grieving parents. So yeah, not going to get on her case that much. In 2018, Donna Minkowitz, the journalist whose reporting on Brandon's murder first brought the story to a wider audience, wrote a piece for The Village Voice in which she expressed her regret for not understanding transgender issues when she wrote her original report. And I read her original report and her new one, and it's really, the new one is really, really good. And, like, she does apologize for any misinformation that was there and any bad implications. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do now, right? Like, they didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Um, Yeah, no, and I like the new report. Like, reading it gave me a lot of, like, good info on Brandon Tina and, like, kind of, like, opened my eyes to some of this, like, info as well. Yeah. Because it's kind of like... Yeah, there are a lot of bad implications out there about him, but so it was good to have her clear them up. So I want to end on like these like sort of happier notes for the new year. I know at least a few of our listeners are transgender specifically, and I wanted to let all you folks know that we two scared siblings stand in solidarity with every LGBT plus person. Yes. Transgender people, bisexual people, lesbians, gay men, asexual people, and everyone else. Intersex people. Everyone. Everyone. It's the LGBT plus. Yeah. I'm a gay man myself, and I feel that this is a time for us to support, like, all LGBT plus people. So this new year, let's, like, all resolve to be kind and stand against bigotry. Agreed. Strongly agreed. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. No, I knew you would, too. So I'm just, like, Andrea is such a straight little lady, but she's also not a piece of shit, so yeah. it's, it's nice to have that. I'm supportive of everything. Yeah, well, you've got a gay brother. You kind of have to be at least a little less shitty than <laughs> other people. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So yeah, no, I wanted to end on that note, because that story is a huge fucking bummer, as we all know. And Andrea's yeah, isn't happier. When you but... told me you were doing it, like, I, I knew who Brandon Tina was, right? Yeah, a lot of people have heard of First him. First from Boys Don't Cry. Yeah, famous movie. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Not director. Not a huge fan of Hilary Swank, I have to say. Um, She's new. No. I don't know. Something about her. Yeah, and the director of that movie made some comments about the actual Brandon Tina that made me that made me think that I don't think he understood the material he was directing. Oh. Like he used the word gender confused a lot, and I was just like, I don't think you googled this enough, my my fine man. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sure I think like you Hillary should, did it either. You need to understand this stuff before you portray can it, portray it, or direct it, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, a lot of people. That's why they complain about like 
um, cisgender people portraying transgender people in movies now, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, uh, does this well, person it makes really sense, know? Because there are transgender actors yep. that could be used. Like, yeah, because they, they and would they would know. know where they're coming from. Yeah, it's easier, right? Like, it'd be weird for someone to pick me as like. A, a straight woman yeah. for a role as a straight woman. Yeah. It would make more sense to pick you in that case. Yeah. Because like, I don't know what it's like. Just pick what the character is. It makes sense. There are actors all over the place. Yeah. Like exactly. you'll find a good, I mean, they're going based on talent, right? Like audition, mm-hmm. but there's going to be talented transgender actors, talented, like everything. Yeah. Everyone. Right? No like, matter what you're looking for, ones. there will be a talented one. They picked Hillary Swank of people. probably because she did a good job in the audition, but also because she's famous. <laughs> like, Well, and she is actually a fairly good actress. I don't know what it is, is. about her that I don't like, but it's not, it's not that her acting is bad in any way. No. Um, she's good at dramas. She's she done a is. lot of gra- dramas. And actually she, I don't know. She was good in the movie, but it's like, there was something about yeah no yeah. I get you there are some actors I'm just not into even yeah. if they're good at their job I just exactly, like yeah. something about them is just, just like some sort uh, of vibe or whatever yeah so yours uh, your case is also yes something horrible that happened on a New Year's Eve isn't New it New Year's yes yeah we're rigging it in for you guys as a fun <laughs> with fun fun things yay so this is the case of Ben Smart and Olivia Hope. And it's also called The Sounds Murders. Oh. And I got a lot of this information, not all of it, but most of it, from mm-hmm. a New Zealand Herald article. So just so you guys know and we're, yeah, are credited, yeah. Yeah. All right. So before I start, I recommend that people, if they want to hear, like, the most, most details about this, uh, you can listen to Chasing Ghosts, Murder in the Sounds podcast. Um, because it's like an in-depth, like, podcast about this specific case like they're they really go into it like that's yeah like multiple episodes about this specific case oh that's cool um on the afternoon of thursday december 30th 1997 olivia hope left her parents grovetown marlboro home to drive to watamonga bay in queen charlotte sound and she joined a chartered yacht named the Tamarack, along with her sister and seven other friends. The following day, the Tamarack returned to Picton and picked up three more people. And in the afternoon, Olivia and her sister and their friends water-taxied from the Tamarack in the Endeavor Inlet to Furneaux Lodge to celebrate New Year's, where she met up with her old friend, Ben Smart. Okay. So Ben Smart is 21 and Olivia Hope is 17. And they were friends. Yeah. Um, and they were among like 15... 2,000, like, a lot of other people. <laughs> so, like, 1,500, 2,000 other people. So it was, yeah. like, a big party that they yeah, were Yeah, some sources doing. said 1,500, some said 2,000. There's just, it was a huge party. It'd be hard to keep track, yeah. Yeah, and Ferno Lodge is a century-old lodge on the edge of Endeavor Inlet. Oh, And there's no cool. road access to it, so you have to take a boat to it. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's cool. And then, uh, and so they this was on New Year's Eve, 1997. Okay. So we're um, 90s. We're doing 90s We're now. doing 90s now. Yeah. Uh, so the party wound down, of course, and this is, I think, around 4 a.m., mm-hmm. and there was no room for them to sleep on the Tamarack, even though the yacht was chartered by Olivia and her sister Amelia, uh, oh. some freeloaders had taken all of the space. Oh, so they just got on the boat and, like, just kind of, like, laid and took down. all the beds? Yeah, took all the beds. So oh, th- there was nowhere for Ben and Olivia to sleep. Um, right. So they decided they wanted to get back to the shore just to find somewhere to sleep. Yeah. So they hired a water taxi, which was driven by Guy Wallace, and he had actually arrived to the boat to drop off Amelia Hope, which is Olivia's sister, Yeah. and Amelia's friend Rick Goddard, and there was another man on board. Oh, okay. Um, so they drop off Amelia, he drops off Amelia and Rick, and mm-hmm. then Ben and Olivia get on the taxi. The man that was on there offered to let them stay on his boat. Oh. Um, because they mentioned that they were looking for somewhere to sleep. So Wallace, oh, okay. who's the taxi driver, dropped them off at the man's boat. And then Olivia and Ben were never seen again. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, like, so. the guy who was around, like, lured them to his boat? Yeah. Oh, he was no. just, he was also getting a ride on the taxi. So he was already on the taxi when they got on. Oh, and he was like, you're looking for a place to sleep in a boat? Yeah, Do like I they have... must have mentioned, yeah, we're going back to shore to find a place to sleep because there's no more room on the yacht that I chartered. And so he's he like, was... I have a boat. You can stay with me. Yeah. Oh, no. 
So, and he was like, yeah, I've got beds or whatever. Um, oh, boy. Olivia was supposed to rejoin the Tamarack at some point. Yeah, right? they were expecting them at some point. Yeah, like, I mean, she was supposed to be on the Tamarack, but they were expecting her since she went somewhere else to rejoin on probably New Year's Day. Yeah, after they'd found somewhere to sleep. Yeah, and they, she, you know, they, she didn't. So her parents reported her missing on January 2nd. Oh, jeez. One of the biggest investigations in New Zealand history was this one. Yeah. So it just became this huge thing. Um, I would think so, yeah. Police figured it must be this man, Scott Watson, mm-hmm. and like that he must have been the man on the taxi and that he killed them and dumped their bodies at sea. Yeah. And the reason – I get into this later, but Scott Watson was – pinpointed for a reason i'll just tell you when we get to that point (laughs) yeah let it be a surprise okay but yeah so there was a trial in 1999 and the jury agreed and his appeal was rejected so the case was closed basically he was convicted for this so they were like positive oh yeah, yeah you did it it's done yeah Oh, no. So his dad, yeah, no, sorry, Ben's dad. Okay. John Smart died never knowing what happened to Ben. Oh. Uh, his mom, Mary Smart's house, overlooks the spot where Ben disappeared. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. That's, uh, that's really I mean, depressing. I mean, she probably stays there for a reason. Maybe she wants to just Feel remember. close. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Smart believes that Scott Watson is innately evil and should never be let out. Oh. And says she regularly bumps into Scott's father, Chris, at the supermarket. Yeah. And this is a quote from her. You can ask him if he thought his son was guilty. He was in the same courtroom for three months, and if he doesn't think he is guilty, he mustn't have been listening. Oh. So she's like, for sure, it's Scott Watson. Um, Chris Watson. Yeah. And Chris Watson, his father, actually does believe that his son is innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that evidence had been cherry-picked to build a case against him. There were other people on the water taxi when Olivia and Ben were picked up, other than just that guy. Oh. So there was, you know, Wallace, the taxi driver. Right. Um. There's a guy named Hayden Morrissey and uh, another witness had seen – sorry, another witness that wasn't on the, the taxi, but another witness claimed to see the mystery catch, which is the word for the boat that uh, Wallace dropped Ben and Olivia off at, like where they were oh, going to be able to stay. Yeah, of that like guy. his boat. And her name was Yvonne Walsh. And then Hayden Morrissey's girlfriend was also on there. Her name was Sarah Dyer. So there were there were people there that saw – Wallace thinks that the evidence was twisted by the police to put an innocent man in prison. Which, I mean, maybe. Yeah, Wallace says, quote, I know if Scott wasn't in there, I would be in there. Because they just had to get someone. It's as simple as that. And yeah. Then Yvonne Walsh said, I su- quote, I suppose we were treated like criminals. The way they treated us was disgusting. We were only there to say we saw the catch, but they kept saying, no, you didn't. They called us liars. Hmm. So they're saying, yeah, you know, you didn't see a mysterious boat that they dropped off on it was obviously just scott watson who took them onto his boat yeah which isn't the same boat so they described the boat yeah that they saw ben and olivia going to with this um strange guy yeah and it wasn't like uh that wasn't it wasn't scott his. watson's boat yeah he has a boat it's just not that one what like they, it doesn't match there's the so many boats okay so to keep track there is the yacht that you know freelers had taken the beds for yeah. so they had to get closer to shore so they took um a a water taxi yeah um back to shore to look for somewhere to sleep man on the taxi uh scott um, it's not necessarily scott but not necessarily it was him yeah but he's the one who was like pinned for it but he's the one who offered to take them onto his boat yeah okay um and he does have a boat but it doesn't match the description of the one that that people dropped them off at okay so it's hard to say mysterious guy who may or may not be scott Okay. Shit. Yeah, because I guess if it's a water taxi full of people, it's kind of just like, who knows for sure. And it does yeah. sound like, I I mean, this, because like crime is uncommon in New Zealand and honestly, even in areas where it is common, I could see someone just being like, well, case closed. I don't want to look into it. Yeah. So it's just going to be this guy. Exactly. Yep. Well, yeah. I'm pretty sure police do that a lot. <laughs> oh, they do. I mean, there have been actual, yeah. People get wrongly convicted all the time all because the time. it's like convenient and they don't want another cold case and on their hands. And they have pressure on them to close it. Yeah. Which I don't know how you live with yourself with that, but. I don't think there should be any pressure on something like that. I don't think so either. Do it right. Yeah. Not fast. Yeah, don't. I mean, don't fa- try as to fast it. as you can while doing it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. There shouldn't be pressure to like, I want this case closed. It's like, yeah. no. Pin no, someone. you want someone. You want to. 
let's like figure it out. Yeah, you want to figure out the truth. Yeah. So Wallace, the taxi driver, thinks that he was probably the only sober person at Ferno Lodge that night. He just had one or two drinks, um, and for most of the time he was serving drinks behind the bar. Right. And he said the place was completely packed, back, packed and there was a live band. Right. So at, it was hard to... Yeah. Um, at 4 a.m., he was picking up garbage when the young couple Hayden Morrissey and his girlfriend Sarah Dyer asked if he could take them to their family batch on his water taxi. So a batch, I looked it up, is uh, it's like a smaller sort of beach house, basically an affordable one. Okay. So like people so like who weren't New Zealand term. who weren't rich could have a batch. Yeah, like yeah. An affordable. So it's basically house. like a small little cabin. Yeah. That is serving as a beach house. Cool. I mean, that sounds nice. I want one. I know. And I looked <laughs> it up and they look nice. So before leaving, they picked up three more passengers, which were Amelia Hope and her her friend Rick Goddard. And they needed a ride to the Tamarack, which I've already said. And then there was the mysterious single man. Yeah. When they got to the Tamarack, they found Olivia and Ben. And they wanted to go back to shore to find somewhere to sleep. So this is sort of recounting what, what happened in Wallace's, from Wallace's point of view. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm not trying to repeat myself, but. <laughs> yeah. So Wallace said the single man looked a bit feral <laughs> and was checking out Olivia and acting sleazy Ew. towards Olivia. And he offered to let them stay on his boat. Yeah. So Wallace dropped them off, but he felt weird about it. And he wishes he'd given them his bed because he had a room at for no lodge. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a lot of guilt. But how could you know, right? Yeah. So he described the mystery man on the water taxi, who he said he had also actually seen in the bar. He had served him at the bar and said that he was unshaven with unkempt, wavy hair. Mm-hmm. He's adamant that he took Olivia and Ben to a catch, an old-style one, two-master timber yacht with brass portholes, blue stripes on hull, and hemp ropes. Okay, so he so knew what the boat was. He described like. it, yeah. Yeah. He actually was accused for a while of being responsible for their deaths, Wallace <sighs> himself. What? And of lying and or like lying and covering up whoever was responsible for them. Mm-hmm. And the locals turned on him. And so he was completely shunned for a oh, while. No. Within days of a Christchurch detective inspector, Ro- Rob Pope, taking over the inquiry, Scott Watson was pinpointed as the prime suspect. But. By April, no one who had been on the water taxi had identified him as the mystery man. Because he didn't look like him. Yeah, and it wasn't his boat. Yeah. Wallace actually did identify Scott Watson's picture after, like, being repeatedly asked in different, like, posts of pictures. So, like, they keep giving him a different array. And in each one, Scott's in it. And... Um, and eventually, and eventually he did because Scott was caught blinking in the picture, so his eyes looked hooded. And Wallace had said that the man had hooded eyes, and so like in this specific picture, Scott kind of looked more like the man, and that was the only time Wallace identified him. Yeah, but that's the that thing, was mid blink. Right? Yeah, he didn't it, actually have hooded eyes. No, and that's the thing too, right? Like you're exhausted. Police aren't treating you nicely. Yeah, and they're well, shoving pictures. In and your if face. you're taking enough pictures, you will catch someone in a blink so and you'll catch someone looking like anyone else yeah like, yeah like i don't know it just depends like how that is right yeah so Ugh. here's another thing everyone had said the mystery man had facial hair and wavy messy hair yeah but the photo of scott watson taken on the mina cornelia yacht where he partied that same night before going to Ferno lodge mm-hmm. shows him clean shaven with short hair so it's kind of hard so he obviously That's... did not grow a beard and grow longer hair in the time that it took him to go from yeah. the one yacht to the Ferno lodge yeah that actually sounds really like they got the wrong guy. I'm, yeah, and I'm Wallace is upset that. because he feels tricked. Um, yeah, because they gave him a blinking picture of Scott Watson, so now he's they like, just really "Did I just like condemn it. an innocent man?" Yeah, they just really wanted to get over with, and like they wanted Scott to just be the guy to get over with, and they tricked him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's other circumstantial evidence, like strands of blonde hairs that were found on a blanket in Blade. Blade is Scott's boat. Okay. And it's the same style of boat, but they think he painted it. Like, it doesn't have the stripes that everybody identified. Yeah. But the cops are like, oh, he painted it. It's the same boat. 
can't prove how old the paint is. Like, come on. Yeah. Wallace actually says that he has suspicions about who the real killer is, but he's afraid to name them. Oh. Even though he's guilty, feels guilty about putting Scott Watson in jail. So I don't know. He should what's really up step that. up. Then. He should probably name it. Yeah. Scott was pinpointed because he was a troubled teenager with 48 convictions. Okay. He wasn't a teenager when he was arrested, but no. he was, by the time he was a teenager, he had 48 convictions. So that's why he was easy to. To like be like, oh yeah, it's for sure him. Mm-hmm. Um, they found scratches on the rubber material inside the forward hatch of Scott's boat, yeah. which they think is was ev- evidence of Olivia trying to claw her way out. Oh. But they go right to the edge of the room, which is impossible to scratch if the hatch is shut. It's like a door sort of thing, right? And yeah. And like, you can't. Her fingers would fall off. <laughs> well, and like he wouldn't be able to get all the way to the edge there. Way. Yeah. Um, and you can't lock the ha- a hatch from the outside. No. So there's no way that she would have been really trapped Held in there. Held captive at all. So yeah. 400 strands of hair were taken from this blanket that they found on Scott's boat. And there were no blonde ones found on the first examination in January 1998. But in March 1998, samples of Olivia's hair were sent to the lab and the tiger blanket was rechecked for strands. And they found, suddenly they found blonde hair on there. Mm, okay. So they're thinking accidental contamination because... The samples of Olivia's hair, like, they were just using that to compare for anything that they might find, right? Yeah. There was a cut in the bag holding her hair. What? So they're thinking accidental contamination. So I don't know. They did this guy not might do be this innocent, well. but. Yeah, like, he might be guilty, he might be innocent. Either way, though, they didn't do this investigation properly. No. What the fuck? I know. Oh, my gosh. Police sucking is also the theme. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the theme Police, of a lot of our episodes. You gotta, like, work on that. Yeah, you gotta not... I'm gonna gently suggest that you work on not sucking. Your job? Yeah, like, maybe do your job. <laughs> maybe Protect working. people rather than, like, persecuting. Yeah. And um, don't cross-contaminate shit. Yeah, also... I mean, and I, I get that, right? Do, like, actually. it's a whole team, right? But, yeah. like, the team... Like, the forensic team who are collecting evidence... <sighs> They Make know. Sure they no know not to bag. like. To, yeah, like every, they've been trained to do. They know. They know. That and that's not suspicious. That. That's so suspicious. It's uh, yeah. It just seems like they like. Oh yeah, we examined four hundred hairs. No blonde ones, unfortunately. Oh, found one blonde one. Suddenly, there's a blonde hair. This sure would be convenient if we could find a blonde hair, wouldn't it? Oh, look, there is one right there. Yeah, no. Oh, my God, and it's Olivia's. And they did actually confirm that the blonde hair was Olivia's. But that's because they're thinking that there's a rip in the bag. Yeah. So, I don't and it's know. just kind of, it's just like a lot. I don't know. It's stupid. <sighs> People are stupid. People are driving me nuts because I just want to know what happened. Like, whether the guy is innocent or not. It'd I know. Be, and I want to know what and happened. And their bodies to were them. never found. Yeah, so we don't so know what don't he know. did. Yeah, they don't know how, like. And the families don't get to. I mean, they're probably dead, but they don't know how they died. They don't know where their bodies are. Yeah. Uh, they don't know who did it. Like, it sucks. Yeah, like the family don't no get way of any answers. Closure. No, yeah. no answers. Or have like their children to bury, you know. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> so that's that. Well, that's sad. I know. I'm sad about that. I know. Your body better never go missing. I don't know, because I'll I start won't. burying your wardrobe <laughs> symbolically. <laughs> I'll be like, and I'd make like a little foam head and put a wig on it. Aw, that would be crazy. Yes, but not keep it around, but, like, to bury something that represented you. Because I just, I don't like the idea of not having that. I probably won't be in that situation. Yeah, you're not really good at, like, gang yourself out there. And also, whoever you marry is, like, not even allowed to live with you. I know, like, I'm pretty cautious. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure that you'll, yeah, you probably wouldn't get on a boat. I I mean, it makes sense, though, right? Like, if you're looking for a ride desperately or somewhere to sleep, like, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? It <sighs> easily could have been like I've never actually gone to a party on a yacht, but like I've gone to parties. We've done that, yeah. and you could just get into a cab, and, and someone could offer you a place then. And yeah. if you're really drunk and or something, yeah, you never know, right? You never know. I mean, it's not as easy to get rid of bodies, obviously. So 
Well, and we've been, like, taken home by people before who I was, like, not sure of, so I'd, like, guess out, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, it, you never know, and, like, even if they turn out to be perfectly good people, yeah, you can't tell. Like, yeah. you can't tell. So, so it's a tough careful, one. be careful, everybody. Be careful in the new year, and also, uh, cops, your new year's resolution yeah, is to, um, disband and allow for an anarcho-communist society, and or tighten just up your do shit. a just do a better job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I have no illusions about my my anarcho-socialist communist dreams, but um, yeah. I the the thing that can be done in the meantime is like remember that the people that you're like trying to Put find are humans yeah they're human beings they're yeah. not just faces on paper or pieces of hair yeah yeah so all right yeah so, so that's we're our gonna... inspirational message yeah um, email us at two scared siblings at gmail.com with your addresses because if you join on patreon <laughs> yeah we'll also be starting up probably like a merch store account via like store envy or something i so did that, actually like, start one safe. up so there is Redbubble, um, but it's it's overpriced. And so I decided just to grab some merch and I'll just send it to some people. Yeah, if you guys are interested and give us your own stories, uh, your own New Year's horror stories at, uh, yeah, yeah. TwoScaredSiblingsGmail.com or at our Twitter, at TwoScaredSibs. And my personal one is at AndreaNoel3. My personal is at Toy Carousels, and our Patreon is uh, Two Scared Siblings. It's patreon.com slash Two Scared Siblings. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just Two Scared Siblings on yeah. Patreon. I don't know yeah. what else to tell you about yeah, that. Yeah, there's nothing You'll more find to it. say. Yeah, so oh, there was something else. Yeah, no, check out our tiers because they've changed, and they're better. They and are. you're going to like they've it. They've improved. Yeah. All right. All right, now is the part where we give you a New Year's kiss. Mwah. Mm-hmm. Sleep well.